All right, Danny. Um, this I'm in my second week of school with students. Yeah, you are. Uh, it's going okay, but the kids are already getting pretty mad at me. Okay. Um, and that's pretty... Part of it is because I am being stricter this year. Okay. Because people always say as a teacher, it's better to like start intense and ease up versus like start chill and then get more intense because they've already, they already don't take you seriously. Yeah. What did you do last year in your first year? I was very chill and very fun. Okay. So there's like a reaction to like, not a reaction, but you're trying to set a a different precedent this year. Yeah. And I think they, I think they respond to it in some points. Like I just feel like. But also, I just generally feel like way more of a bitch, which isn't that it's not. okay. sorry. (laughs) You're just hearing me process my job. But like, I don't feel like I'm a naturally very intense, mean person. Like, not that it's mean to have boundaries and say things, but like, I don't like yelling. I don't like. But like today I yelled because I was like, no talking while we're testing. And they just kept talking. And I was like. How many times do I have to say it? And I just yelled it. And this kid was like, Ms. Zell, that was like really close to my ears. Please chill out. And I said, <laughs> don't tell me to chill out. And I don't like yelling. I would love to not be yelling. So yeah. you can stop. Like, you can be quiet. I know. I'm kind of a badass kind of a bitch. Like, it's like this <laughs> this balance of like, this is kind of cool and kind of I hate who I am. <laughs> but <laughs> this one girl was like asking me to leave class. And we were told like, don't let any kids leave class. Uh-huh. Um, and so... I was like, no. And she was like, I just need to go talk to my counselor to change my schedule. And I was like, I get that. This isn't the time. That's not the rule I made. I'm sorry. And she just goes, Miss L, you are pissing me off. And I was just like, okay. Like, so I feel like all that to say, I am learning that sometimes I just have to piss them off. Whereas last year, if they would, if someone would have said, if a student would have said that to me, I would have been like, I'm really sorry. Like, I didn't mean to piss you off. Like, what can I do? Yeah. And that's just not the vibe anymore. Mm. However, I think that's important because I'm the teacher. Because then this one kid was like, if we yelled, like, you would be mad. And I was like, that's probably true. Or they were like, you need to chill out. But I just told them to chill out. And I was like, I can do whatever I want. Like, I don't have to chill out because I'm the teacher. Yeah. Do I kind of sound like a bitch or is this okay? No, I don't think you do. But I do think you're getting to what is a really interesting uh, thought process on power dynamics and relationships and how I think equity and equal, all those things are important. But there's also natural relationship dynamics of like in in parenting. Like Mm -hmm. I can't, my kids and I can't be 100% equals, right? Like I can't just be like, do whatever you want to (laughs) do. I see something they don't see, right? Mm -hmm. As a pastor, I don't try to like have power over people, but like I have a different seat on the bus as terms of pastoring the congregation than maybe like a passive person or really an active person does. Teacher, the same thing. And so I think it's just an interesting thought process on like the role of dynamics um, Mm. in relationship dynamics and Mm. how we engage that, which actually... Um, so can I share the, the quote that I wanted to do today? Yeah. Okay. So I think that fits in well with this topic. And so someone on Facebook posted this thing Okay. Um, that said, repeat after me, I'm allowed to do what's best for me, even if it upsets people. Mm. Um, and this person is like pretty progressive. Um, and I read it and my natural response was like, Ugh! like it just made me frustrated. Um 
partially because I feel like I know what the thought process behind it was. Mm, like the specific circumstance? No, okay. no, no, not that. But like the ethos behind it. Okay. Like I think when progressive people post things like that, I can generally get in your mind. And I don't generally agree with them mm. when they post that kind of thing. Um, but I also could like see why it's really helpful to say that. And I've actually heard you say similar things yeah. on the podcast before about your spirituality and your deconstruction. Like if this is good for my body and then it can't be bad for me, like I have to do what's good for my body. Right. Right. And I think as I read that and what I find to be interesting about even you saying thing like, if this is good for me, then it has to be, like, I don't think things are that binary. Okay. Um, and I think because it's good for me doesn't mean that it's good for everyone else because it's good because i think it's good for me also doesn't mean it's good for me um and because someone is giving feedback doesn't mean that it's bad for you or they think it's bad for you i think when Mm -hmm. i think read things like that i think i think this is why i'm like icked by it is i'm like i think we are trying to create a culture that doesn't receive feedback because we're autonomous humans that should be able to do all the things we want and mm. I feel this so I should do this and I think this is good for me so I want to do it and maybe I guess at the core of it for me and we can go any direction with this but I just wonder like how in, in deconstruction a but how in life in general or in faith or whatever like we create mechanisms for other people to speak into our lives because I think oftentimes we don't do that or we don't want to because if you're telling me I'm wrong then you're not letting like my my story's true to me, so you can't tell me I'm wrong. Mm. And I don't know that I agree with that. Well, something I'm hearing you say that I think is a really interesting distinction is that feedback and making people upset are the same thing. Because the quote doesn't say I am allowed to do what's right, even if someone gives me feedback. It's like I'm allowed to do what's best for me, even if it upsets people. Right. But sometimes feedback isn't necessarily because the other person is upset. I think that's true. But I do think feedback generally like, well, so people we've equated those two, though. I don't think people think feedback is compliments. So no one be like, hey, I think that's really good. That's not feedback. (laughs) So feedback is inherently more um, probing. Critical. Critical. Yeah. Yeah. So like and I think most people receive critical or probing as negative. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think actually when I read it, what made me, and I have to look at it one more time just to make sure I'm thinking it right, but like the idea that if I'm I'm allowed to do what's best for me, even if it upsets people, I read that as if it hurts people. That's how I read it too. And Mm. so like I, and I take that to the extreme. Like if I think of the best thing for me to do is to murder you, that doesn't make it good. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like, and I I take it to the extreme Mm -hmm. in that regard because I think we have to flesh out these like, like new proverbs we're trying to live by to the most extremes on both sides to Mm. understand really what we mean by it because oftentimes i think we say these things in a vacuum and we're like and it gets a thousand likes and we think it's really profound and it's like how far are you willing to go and live by that by both in terms of like what's your threshold for upsetting hurting having someone else be upset or hurt also what is your threshold for receiving feedback or compliments or whatever you know did that make sense yeah i think i'm gonna play devil's advocate just a little bit in a sense i really liked your term like there's new proverbs because i think that is what we scroll through and see on facebook all the time is these like this is the new thing i'm living by yeah you know but um i think that new these new proverbs or inspirational quotes like this don't come out of a vacuum like someone didn't just randomly be like i have an amazing quote idea Typically, and it probably didn't resonate with someone because of nothing that's ever happened to them. 
like I think sometimes when we have quotes like this, they're in response to something. And so for me personally, I and we've saw we saw this at the beginning of my journey at the beginning of the pod, but like how I was very much like Danny, do you think I'm like doing okay? Like I can't say anything wrong and all yeah. that. Like there is a sense in which I I was and still am like definitely a people pleaser. And so I think for a people pleaser to hear that, it can be helpful because it can be like I think I think a healthier version of that quote is like it's okay if not everyone agrees with you. And that doesn't not everyone agreeing with you doesn't mean you're inherently wrong. Right. To me, that is helpful and something that I have needed to hear in the past. Yeah. But the reverse being like, because for me, it was like my voice was like little and everyone else's was loud. Yeah. And so what I needed to hear is it's okay for your voice to have value and for you to listen to yourself. However, I think I think this is just like swinging the pendulum to another extreme because it is good to say like, okay, my voice can be louder and my I can listen to myself. I can trust myself. That was a common theme at the beginning, I feel like, because I yeah. kept saying like, I can trust myself. I can trust my perspective because I thought it had like no value. But the other, But the other extreme then is to say, I'm the only one that matters and whatever anyone says doesn't matter. And I feel like that's what that's saying. And I think for someone who's maybe in a spot who has like little voice and everyone else a loud voice, it can help them get to the middle. Yeah. But to see that quote just randomly, I think can be problematic. Yeah. So you know I, what I'm saying? I agree with yeah. everything you're saying. So I would say I, I still think it happens in a vacuum, but it happens in a vacuum of someone's experience. And so like this was created and it is very true to that person's experience, but it's still a vacuum of that person's experience. Mm, yeah, and so okay. what I find to be unhelpful is its existence outside of the vacuum mm. as a all for one proverb. And that's where like I go through Ooh. like or go through the likes, the hundred emoji, like preach it. This is so good. And I'm like, but it's not ultimately one hundred percent true or good mm. all the time. Mm. So I one hundred percent agree with you. Like in your situation, and I love the idea of like dragging or pulling up the voices that feel downcast to get yeah. you more. And for me, like I don't feel that, right? Like I'm always in some ways trying I mean I have a podcast, but I'm trying some ways to minimize my voice uh -huh. to elevate others. And so sometimes I feel like I read that and I'm like, do I subscribe everything to that? Like because then it's making an ultimate statement i guess you know what i mean mm, mm. so but i really resonate with what you're saying because i want someone that feels marginalized or outside to read that and be like i have agency i have voice i have yes. i have value i also don't want someone to read it and be like i can do whatever the hell i want because it's good for me because i don't think that and this maybe is more at the core of it i don't think we always know what's good for us but if i say what's good for me in that kind of mental space i get to define what's good for me what's bad for me i get to decide whose feedback i'm going to receive on that and because it upsets you doesn't mean it's bad for me because it can only be good for me and i think it could be this like spiral into your own echo chamber and so i don't really have that much problem with it um i think as an eight on the enneagram i read it and i'm like why am i going to pick this thing apart because yeah. i want to pull from it but I can go to the extreme, which I often do. For someone that's like pretty okay in the gray, I like to pull things to either extreme to be like, how is this either going to be perfectly and wholly good or perfectly and wholly bad? 
And so I think that's probably what I did with it. Mm. But I do remember, I like really, you said this to me at a party. And I, at the time I was like, that was annoying. But then I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what it was. <laughs> but as I thought about it, I was like, that is like a critique that I really needed to hear. And I feel like it's something I still think about a lot and try to make sure I'm doing. It was a very pastoral thing of you, but at the time I was like, okay, Danny, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you said <laughs> that was a terrible way to intro it. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really excited to hear what I said. You just, you just said <laughs> you were like, Emily, um, I'm like totally supportive of you and your journey. This is when I was like pretty in my like atheist era. Uh-huh. Um, you were like, but I do worry that you're going to surround yourself with people that agree with that. And then like you don't actually you're not ever challenged or like hear other points of view. Hmm. And my worry is that you that's not actually where you want to stay, but you're going to surround yourself with people that like help you stay there. Yeah. And I was like, shut up, Danny. <laughs> but then like as I thought about it, I was like, no, like that's probably right on the money. And I like took that and I did try to spend more time with people who maybe pushed me a little more toward spirituality or not even like push, but just people who I disagree yeah. with that. I wasn't just like sitting and being like a hater with them, yeah. you know? And to clarify, I wasn't telling you not to hang out with people that are. Atheists. No, no, yeah. no. I, that's but not. I was saying like anything that was an echo chamber could be problematic. Yeah. I didn't hear you saying don't hang out with atheists. I heard you saying don't only hang out with atheists because that's what you're feeling right now. And that's yeah, the yeah. most comfortable. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like an interesting a to hear you say that is like interesting in terms of like all of us trying to figure out like where are we making ourselves uncomfortable? Mm. Um even what we talked about on the Barbie episode just a second ago, like creating spaces of like purposeful uncomfortability for the sake yeah. of growth. I think we didn't explicitly say that, but I kind of we talked about. Um, but I also to your point, like it's interesting to be like, I didn't want to hear that. And I was like pretty annoyed by it. But then looking back like retrospectively, because I would say. I mean, that's not what you want to hear at a party. No, it's not. I mean, I'm a pretty big downer at a party. I'll be honest with you. I get spiritual real quick with people. And so um, I think there's a reason, direct correlation with how I act in parties and my invite. So that'd be like, God, people like, we should invite Danny to and this. And a hush falls over the yeah. crowd as soon as Danny walks in. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's, it's true, actually. I think that I. I really seek deep, meaningful conversations and in some ways a one trick pony and it's how I connect with people. And so I think sometimes I'm like, oh, I bet they really want to have this conversation, especially if now that I don't drink, if someone else is like six beers in, I'm like, this is definitely the time to have this conversation (laughs) with them. I was going to say, do you feel like that's amplified since you've stopped drinking that you're like, I just want to have a deep conversation and some people are just like, I just want to do shots. No, in some way, like. The the joke used to be with my past friends that like six beer Danny was the best evangelist of all time. And so like I actually for me, I'll talk about it regardless. But I without having a little bit of like drunkenness, I realize people's um, annoyance with me faster. (laughs) (laughs) I think I could shield it and be like, oh, I'm crushing it right now. And I'm like, oh, like they for sure. Like they just keep walking into the other room and I keep following them. <laughs> that doesn't actually happen. But I have a lot more self-awareness yeah. now. So No, that makes sense. I feel like in a lot of ways I am similar to that. Like I'm just ready to like hunker down and get deep when 
people are i remember some of the first times we hung out like when we went out after some of your comedy shows and went to some of the bars like inevitably you me and some of your friends would get into like these i remember you would like match me with people and be like you guys should have this talk about like yeah or person i guess but um (laughs) but it's funny like i think you and i are similar in that regard like we like to have some of those conversations for oh for sure um and so in that sense like i when i was like a little kid i remember i was drunk and having conversations (laughs) with people uh <laughs> the John Mulaney bit when he talks to starting to drink when he was four and they're like, What did you do all day? Colored. <laughs> um, anyway, but what am I saying about that? Oh, side note, but my mom I remember <laughs> we were like dropping my friend off at their house and I was like, So what's like your greatest fear? We're just like in the <laughs> minivan and she just like gets out and she's like, Bye, Emily. And I remember <laughs> my mom after the door was closed, she was like, Emily, I love that you like love having conversations like that. I think sometimes friends like just want to laugh with you though. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, I don't want friends like that. Like you just sometimes want to get yeah. into it. And now I'm also a comedian. So yeah. full circle, full circle. Now you just want to laugh with people. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. What was our original? Oh, pissing people off. Yeah. So you said something off camera um, that I want to hear more of what you have to say about. Yeah. You said like people say this. But they would not feel that way if they were the person getting upset about something. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with – I mean, I would agree with what I said. I think it was a great yeah. comment. The end. No. <laughs> great comment. Um, yeah. I think we have a higher threshold for being the one to upset people than to being upset. And again, like – I guess it does say upset you. But like I think we – when we're the ones that are upset or pushed aside or told we're wrong or someone's lifestyle and choices are like – impacting us and making us upset we're like we feel wronged but when we're the person doing them we're like but it's good for me right and so i just think like we i stand by i just i think we don't have a great threshold for it and i think when i said it what frustrates me about it is not that we do that i think that's natural and it's human i think it's that most people would not agree that they do that that's what frustrates Mm. me would not agree that when when someone does something they don't want they get butthurt about it yeah i wouldn't say that but um (laughs) but i feel like that's true like i honestly was when you said that you kind of offhandedly said it before we started recording but i was like dang that's really true because i feel like i do take it kind of personally when people don't take my advice yeah like i'm just like i guess you don't care what i have to say like even though it's not even about me at all but i remember in college, like I had this friend who was dating someone that I just was like, I was like, you should not date him. Like he sucks. Right. And then she was like, I'm going to date him. And I was like, guess you don't care about my friendship. And that was. Yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous. But also like think about how. You've done that to other people. Yes. How I pissed people off. Yeah. Well, how you, someone maybe gave you advice and you're like, I'm not going to do that. Uh, yeah. Right. And yeah. it, it is hard to not take it personally. Yeah. It honestly gives me a little bit maybe like grace for people who do get frustrated with my deconstruction because I'm like, yeah, it does feel personal when someone's like, you shouldn't think that. And then you're like, I'm going to think it. Yeah, and it goes back to something we've talked about in this, like some of your more evangelical friends that are like, they're in some ways misguided and say things that are hurtful, but they care about you, right? They're like, I don't want you to go to hell, right? Mm. I think sometimes we mistake people's actions with their motives. And we're like, we see what we don't like or we hear what we don't like. And it's like their motives if or actions, if misguided, that can be true. But their motives might actually be really kind hearted. They just aren't. They don't present as kind hearted or you might disagree with them. 
Um, mm. But that's like an interesting thing that I think I personally don't give people enough credence on. Like I'm like, I don't yeah. put myself in that shoe. I'm like, that's a jerk move. And I don't care what your intentions are. And I think as we said that before we started recording, maybe that's what I was thinking a little bit is like per introspection of like, I probably need to give people, as you said, as much grace Mm. that I want, like that I give them, I should present it and receive it in the same way. You know, have you seen the movie lady bird? I don't think so. It's by the same director who did the Barbie movie. Um, I just watched it the other day. Sounds familiar. Uh, but it's basically, it's a lot of different things, but it's kind of this coming of age movie, um, of this girl who's about to head off to college and her relationship with her mom and her mom is like very nitpicky, like never lets anything go. Like just feels very naggy and very just like says hurtful things that sometimes you're like, why do you feel the need to say that? Yeah, I'm doing that. Um, but clearly the girl really looks up to her mom, really values her, really like loves her and wants her comfort and wants her like a wants her high opinion um but it's this whole but there's this whole scene where basically her teacher is looking at her writing and she she goes you clearly love sacramento and she was like i just was like describing it really intensely and she goes and then the teacher goes well what is really the difference between love and that much attention like if you are that invested in every detail i think that that shows love hmm. and it's this moment in like you can see the wheels spinning in the girl's head where she's like so maybe that is how my mom shows me love um but i think it goes back to just the idea of like that motives and i don't think motives necessarily justify actions that are hurtful so or wrong but it does i think it just basically saying the same thing i don't think it necessarily makes it okay but it does help me give grace in a sense that like even reversed when I was maybe the person that was super religious and seeing people deconstruct and I was frustrated and probably made really hurtful comments that weren't necessary. I thought I was being as loving as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about it in like a really, like a real low stakes kind of way. Like, um, and I think about this all the time, like in text messaging and stuff, like mm. I'm a exclamation pointer and yeah. I'm like a attempt to be quick replier. And I'm like a, uh, I'm not a person that always has to be the last to respond, but like I want, like I get weirded out if there's like, like did I kill this conversation or did they kind of thing, right? Do I make you feel that way all the time? Some, sometimes, Sorry. but um, but I would say like an interesting that I've had to remind myself because Annie and I are very different textures. Okay, um, is like what is the motive of mm. what she's trying to say? Like what is the the what is she actually trying to say? And what am I putting on what she's trying right. to say? Um, and I only use that as an example cause it's like so low stakes, but I think like when we look at someone having a conversation with us about like our, our eternity, very high stakes. Right. Um, but I think we don't often use, or I don't, I'll just use myself, all those same rules to a rubrics to like look through. Like when I look at a text from Annie, is, what is she trying to say? What's happening in our real mm. life? Like what, what am I saying she's trying to say? And I don't think we always do that with other people that say things to us. And I think maybe if we did that. It wouldn't justify, it wouldn't change how we receive them, but it would give us more empathy for where they're coming from, even if we don't like co-sign what they're saying, you know? No, this is huge because I think, I think the idea of what we hear versus what is said versus like what the motive was are like can be three completely different things. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And what I was processing as you were saying that is I think what we hear 
is usually what we're already worried about. Like, I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you, I don't, you don't need to like get into you and Annie's relationship, but like if <laughs> she maybe, if she maybe doesn't use punctuation and it's just like, it's okay. I would be like, she's pissed, you yeah. know, because I, that would be like already my fear. Yeah. Like if you're already worried that Annie would be upset and then you get that message, it confirms what your brain is already looking for. Yeah, I think that's right, right? So, like, if we had some sort of, like, situation before she left right. or whatever, and, like, the first message I get from her is, hey, with an exclamation point, I'd be like, oh, dope. Like, we're not in a bad place. Yeah. If I got hey with a period, I'd be like, she's so mad. <laughs> if I just got hey, I'd be like, all right, I have to do some work here to figure out what's going on, right? Sherlock Holmes here. <laughs> and so I, but I think you're right. I think it's all a reflection of our perception of what happened and what has happened up to that point. Uh-huh. And I think for us – perception will always be reality until it's proven not to be reality yes um but what sorry but what i'm thinking about is like when i maybe when i perceive that someone else is upset with me it's because i already assume they're upset with me or like i said a lot i said this a lot at the beginning but like i struggle sometimes with spiritual like feedback because i want people to like theologically respect me and Mm -hmm. i kind of tend to think that they don't and so like for example we had enough trust that like when you said that to me at that party i was like no danny like thinks i'm cool but just is like challenging me and like as a friend and a pastor in a really healthy way but there was still a part of me that was like he thinks i am doing a terrible thing like you know like because that was already like a a deep down fear and so Mm -hmm. you're almost like it's a schema that you're already like looking to fill yeah. Yeah. I think using us as an example, I all are not constantly, but whenever I think about giving you feedback, yeah. I very much workshop anything I say to you before I say it <laughs> because I know ways you don't receive it well. Mm. And I would say just experience it. I think you receive feedback best through narrative examples. Um, and so like if we're able to talk through it and use other um, kind of like what we just did with the texting, right? Like if there's like this thing is an example of a different place, I think sometimes you're you have a easier way of putting yourself in it yeah. because naturally even though you trust me and we're friends you have experiential evidence to point to why other mm. people you've trusted and been friends with have not have eventually flipped the script right yeah and so i'm like how can i share a piece of feedback with you that doesn't inherently make you feel bad and also helps like solidify our relationship stronger mm. but also share what i feel um but it's and like but that's not my i'm like everyone should just receive feedback all the time and not be upset about it and so it's not natural so i've had to learn that as a human just with everybody Uh um so you're not the only person (laughs) i've had to do this with uh i use you as an example but literally everyone in my life i'm like oh they don't want feedback the way i give it so i've had to figure out different ways to, to do that so but i'm wondering okay this is a little bit of a tangent but i think it might be worth talking about do you think that is your job like is it my job as the hearer to do the work of being able to be like, Danny's never done anything to make me feel like I, he doesn't like think highly of me. He's giving me feedback. That's appropriate to give. I need to work through the way that I'm interpreting it incorrectly. Or do you think it is like partly on you to be like, how can I present this in a way that's like loving to her? I think it's both. It's both. I mean, I think, um, I'm going to use an example from our relationship, right. but hopefully this doesn't upset you. Uh, I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> but when you were preaching and you were going to do communion. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were. I was about to bring this up. Um, I. <laughs> this 
this was exactly what was on my mind. That's funny. It wasn't initially what was on my mind. So, um, not that another one is floating around in my mind, but, um, so I help me fill in the dots if I miss anything, but like, essentially you were preaching and you and your mind were going to preside over communion, which I was very happy to have you do. Uh And I was like, Hey, we should talk about, um, the transitional elements. And you took that. I'll let you tell the story. I often interpret, and this is something I need to work through because I it's a, I feel the same way at work, so it's not it, it makes you feel better. It's not just you, yeah. But I interpret like checking in or needing a plan as distrust, yeah. And so like when you were like, just send me what you're talking about, and like what would the plan be? I was like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also <laughs> Which remember like a little. What? I was just I just kind of got flustered. Yeah. And was like I would rather just like not. One time I remember you were doing the welcome, and I was like, hey. Like don't freewheel it, and and you, that like had a similar impact. And uh-huh. I would act so something I've thought about in terms of like who is it on. Like uh-huh. I know something you like the day before is not a good time to say that. To that's you. really that's because that's like when I'm flustered and it's like too soon. I'm like I get a lot less flexible the closer it is yeah. to it. Yeah. And so and part of it like and this is just self awareness. It's not about necessarily what we're talking about like I think it was rooted in misaligned expectations. I said something to you that I don't think that I like meant exactly what you heard me saying 100 percent. and so like some of it is like how do we perceive what to be true yeah. but that wasn't like i've thought about that moment since and like i of how do i present feedback um because i use the example to you i was like it, you wouldn't let me preach in your classroom on yeah. shakespeare just because i really wanted to like uh-huh. you'd be like i want to see what you're going to say yeah um or someone would <laughs> the public uh-huh. school system would not be into it <laughs> Um, and me being like, Hey, I want you to preach and I want to see what you have to say. Isn't me being like, you're not smart, but it's or like, I don't trust what you're going to say. Yeah. But it's me being like, I'm a steward over this. hundred percent. And like part of my role in that is to support you and help you become the greatest you can be in that. And so, but I've had to think about like timing and context in mode. Like, is this a, in person? Is it a phone call? Is right. it a text? When do I do it? All of those sorts of things. So I think. The feedback as itself wasn't inherently the issue. It wasn't but it, even feedback. Well, I well, I never got a chance to give you feedback because you never made it to that point. But I think that the issue <laughs> was wrapped up in all the other things that didn't allow feedback to be given. And I think mm. that's where, like, for me, I think sometimes, and I'm not saying what I did to you is what I always do or even what happened was completely right. wrong. But what I'm saying, like, sometimes I can shoot myself in the foot giving people feedback because when it's on my mind, it's on my mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't always put the the foresight into saying, like, how is the most healthy and life-giving way for everyone? Um, going back to you know, if it's good for me, it doesn't matter if it upsets you, right? That, like me being like, that was good for me to mm. give you in it upset. Like it wasn't in a vacuum good for everyone. Yeah. And so like that's a great example of like there are so many other ways we could have done. I could have done this to like have it be helpful. Yeah. And probably you could say like there are other ways I could have responded to this to have it be 100%. helpful. And I think even having this conversation is something I don't think many people do. And maybe you and I wouldn't have done if it wasn't on a podcast. But I think it's an interesting thing to like think about because I always want the best for you as an individual, a friend, and uh, a minister of the gospel. Yeah. And like, and I, my greatest goal would be like you preach fifty two weeks a year at the the yeah. well. Right. I think that'd be dope. Um, but I know that there's like development and teaching on my side to like that would have to get you. And I don't even know that you would want that. So I'm not like projecting that on you, but I'm saying like, if you were going to preach four times a year, 12 times a year, 52 times a year, like Mm -hmm. part of that is like me 
doing like my part as like the pastor and a mentor in this role and figure out the best way to provide feedback. And I think looking back in hindsight could have done better at that. And also like I've because I remember on that Sunday morning you were like, are we okay?" And I was like, yes, I'm sorry that like I didn't react the best either because sometimes in the moment I feel like people are just watching us talk through this. Yeah, best podcast. This is Um, podcasting 101, friends. (laughs) Talk about a very personal comfort, not very personal, but like I think for me also and I feel like this has come up a lot as I like navigate my like current romantic relationship is sometimes I'm like I I don't or can't or won't respond the way that is the most like helpful right in the moment and sometimes I just need a little bit of time to like for it to almost like go through the gears and then be like there was literally no issue like do you know but my like my right in the moment is just like, why would you say that? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's my own work, but that's that's hard work to do when things need to be done in like a day or two. Like I can't be like, I need a few days. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'll say that also like I know because I can also often be like, I want to land this right now. Mm-hmm. And even when we were talking about it, I was like, this is not going to be landed. Yeah. And so I like I remember going back and forth and I had said something like, well, we could do this. So we, and like, you just kept like, we're not, we're not doing it. Right. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was too late for me to, yeah. and maybe I should work on my flexibility, but. But there was like, for me in that moment, I was like, I had a decision. Am I going to keep pushing for what, like the end does of like you doing that and creating the transition, which I knew was possible. For sure. possible. Or am I going to like, let it go? And I was like, I think in some ways for me, it was a moment of growth to be like, I'm not going to like, just keep hammering this nail in if it's not ready to be hit. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was in it's like i find things like that to be interesting to like look back on and but reflect on i think it honestly it kind of when you brought it back to the quote i was like yeah that's exactly it because like both of us in that moment both of us couldn't just do what was best for us and not care what the other person thinks because in that sense like we were a team in that on that sunday in a lot of ways yeah and so we couldn't just be like that would be like if you and i came to this podcast and we were like these are our two topics and then we just like both started yeah. and tried to like yeah one like it wouldn't be a good podcast episode yeah it would be a terrible one i also think maybe that's as you said that sparked something on mind of like why it makes me so frustrated when i see it because i think mm. we are all whether we like people or not we're in covenant and relationship with one another Ooh, yeah and so i think inherently that shows a lack of like goodwill and relationship with other people to say, even say something like that yeah because I don't think that's what it means to be a good friend or neighbor Mm. to say like, if it's okay for me, it can be bad for you. And I think there is maybe nuance to that in some ways, Yeah. but like in reading and I'm like, there has to be more goodwill towards the other person to at least if it is not going to be good for you that I empathize and I feel bad that it's not good for you and not just like, screw you. It's good for me. So it doesn't matter if it's bad for you. Yeah. I don't think it's the kind of quote that like should be on a flag. Do you know? Like, because it's not, as um universal as comfort is a slow death you know like yeah it's more um <laughs> it's more <laughs> specific and individual like if someone if maybe not that you would and it, i would probably be like what danny but if you personally sent me that when we were like first starting the podcast i would be like that's helpful you know and then, yeah. but if i just like hung that in my house people would be like she sounds like a bitch like you know what i'm saying <laughs> I think, I think you hang it on the door of your classroom. <laughs> I'm stick it to my um my desk in my classroom. Would you be like it's okay that they're mad at me? <laughs> like, yeah, that's funny. But that also again is like, but actually, full full circle. Going back to that, like 
me doing that and me pissing people off is like there's no need for me to go back to this. I'm just realizing. But it's because I'm protecting like the classroom as a whole. Yeah. And so kind of similarly to like what we were saying with like what was happening on that Sunday, like it's usually so much bigger than just two people. So to say I'm going to do what I want and I don't care if it accept- it upsets you, there's usually other people affected. Yeah. And so that's why it can't be that simple because usually there's a lot more at stake. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Don't make blanket statements on Facebook. We set a hard stop that's 60 seconds away. So here's what I want to do. We don't have any emails, which is great. But do you have a recommendation? Choo-choo. I think I've already talked about this on the podcast, but I'm going to recommend I Think You Should Leave by Tim Robinson. Season 3, Episode 1. I've watched it nonsense. (laughs) 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 I think it's utterly fantastic. Yeah, I've recommended it on the pod because I love it. Um, I watched Untold. uh, about this it's called untold swamp kings it's about the oh. 2006 through 2009 florida gators football team hmm. and how they had a rise to greatness but a lot of controversy around it so if you're like a football fan and know any of those people i found it really really interesting um annie really liked it um i finished it without her so she did not like that last night but i did like it's like a three-part mini series on um, okay. netflix Essentially, they're doing like ESPN. They did these 30 for 30 like documentaries. Mm. And it's kind of Netflix's attempt to that. So they have a lot of really good ones. There was one on like the Mouse and the Palace, which was in the Houston or the Indiana Pacers, like ran into the stands and started like punching out fans, Mm. um, which my high school basketball coach's brother was like one of the coaches on that team. And he was like, as they left the stadium, they were like all heads below the glass for like miles because they were like afraid they were going to get like shot out. Um, It was intense. So, but yes, Swamp Kings Untold, really great. Watch it on Netflix. It's good. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for listening. Um, don't post random quotes on Facebook and let, if they're that intense. Yeah, or do. Or do, and we'll judge you, and we'll talk about it on the pod. Yeah, we need more content, so help us out. <laughs> um, well, hey, everybody. As always, thanks for listening, and embrace the journey. Yeah, we're crushing it on the time. Yeah, sorry that I wound that down so fast.